0: me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance one heroine non-potential heroes 10 unique endings penelope's path by isabel peterson it's not the choose your own adventure book you remember what if you made different choices after a humiliating divorce, Penelope is about to try her luck in the dating world for the first time in years. Luckily, she has her two best friends to help her face the single scene. Laura, single and loving in life, wants to bring Penelope to the club scene. Drink, dance, have fun, nothing serious. Her married friend Shannon, on the other hand, wants to set Penelope up with a guy from her husband's legal firm, insisting he's perfect for her. Should Penelope go on a blind date or hit the clubs? What about choices after that? like taking things further with a guy or not. Familiar tropes like friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, strangers to lovers, appearing with a dominant to be a submissive, even a surprised baby will be options here. Readers will find a wide range of romantic adventures, some with happily ever afters, some without. But one of the best parts about Penelope's path, when you get to the end, you can go back to the beginning, make different choices and enjoy a different story. Each path ranges in length from fourteen thousand to forty thousand words. That's Penelope's Path by Isabel Peterson. Get it now in Kindle Unlimited.
1: We're back here at Read Me Romance. Hi, with Alexa Riley, also known as Mel and, and
0: Leah. We haven't introduced ourselves in a while. I know. I was thinking Hi. that. I'm Leah. I'm a Gemini. I don't like walking. <laughs> Are they, known you know, they for walking? say that? You know they say that, like, oh, I like long walks long walks on the beach. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'll go to the beach. I'm not walking. <laughs> so, Mel, speaking of Gemini, your birthday was yesterday, you little Leo. Leo. Yeah, whatever that you
2: means.
0: Leo? That's- Aren't Leo supposed to be like loud and like
1: love attention or something? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. They seem they're like I don't know. I never feel like I fit. They say they're passionate. Am I passionate?
0: Um, and yeah. About the things you like? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, think of the things you like you love them. Like, yes. well, it's not, when I like you're not something, a casual I love fan. It. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So I'm not casual at anything.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in or I'm out. It's all. Or yeah. With me.
0: I would say that that was, yeah, that that would be the side of passion. Okay. And you know, this may not exactly have anything to do with it, but I found it interesting. I had a, re- a listener from our Read Me Romance headquarters group message me on Facebook. Cause she was like, I know you've talked about your ADD and blah, blah, blah. And so she sent me a video as a TikTok, And she was like, It was the difference in depression. And she was like, you know, these are what that people think are depression. She was like, but these are actually symptoms of people who are like neurodivergent, who have ADD or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was like a complete opposite list. And she was like, because depression can present itself differently Mm -hmm. with people who have attention disorders and stuff. So I was just like, oh, wow. So it has to ring true you know, for something like a Zodiac or whatever it is, you know, where it's like, oh, you're normally defined by this. There has to be like a flip side to that, too, that is represented in that. Because, yeah, I wouldn't ever nail you for like, obviously, someone who like seeks attention or anything like that. Like, you're definitely more like quiet in the background. But if it's passion that is a Leo, then I'd say absolutely. Because you're very passionate about the things you love and especially the people you love.
1: Yeah. I guess – I don't know why turning 36 is weird to me. I don't like it. I'm not ha- – I feel like I'm, like, older you're on now. the other side. Yeah, you're on I'm the like other side, side the of other 35. S- yeah, I'm on the other side of 35. Even my best friend, Kristen, texted me the other day. She's like, next week you're going to be 36 and I'll be 35 still. Ha, ha, <laughs> And I'm like, see, so it's not only me that's yeah, thinking that's in my head. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, – yeah, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it.
0: You know, like, I had a I had a great year when I was 36. I mean, I had a great, great time. I mean, we were traveling a lot. Like, we went to Europe, and it was awesome. I had a great 36, mm-hmm. 37. Like, that was great, too. 40, like, I don't feel bad about 40. I'm like, yep, goodness, an even number. I got another year. I'm happy for it. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. You know, so it maybe it just takes time to get to that. Point. maybe yeah. it takes you four years to work up to it I don't even know if it's necessarily the age per
1: se or the maturity of which I'm supposed to be that I don't want to be I
0: don't think anybody would ever get you confused with someone mature right <laughs> I just don't want well, that well your shirt literally says like Elle Woods <laughs> 2020 right? like that's where I want to stay I'm like yeah oh
1: it doesn't bother me or I I feel like it's okay when I'm forgetful and this mm-hmm. and flighty about stuff and
0: because you're a kid yeah an like, adult's not supposed to... to be so irresponsible yeah so I'm like I don't want to be there yet <laughs> I can see that I can uh, see uh,
1: that I don't know I it's okay it is it
0: is. don't worry we're all here to keep you grounded and okay. if you want to pretend you're 35 <laughs> we'll all agree to it okay we won't mention your birthday nothing like that so awesome. it was yesterday so I hope you had a great day. I'm sending you a present. I don't know if it'll get there on time, but <laughs> fingers crossed. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's another year and I'm happy to celebrate with you. Nice. I know. So you went out to celebrate this weekend, right? Like you went out a little early. Yeah, I went out with um, like
1: my friend Josh. I probably talked about a few times mm-hmm. so I don't get to see often. And we got to hang out with a friend that we haven't hung out with, not just because COVID, because like, we had a couple friend, and then I had a falling out with the girl, but we loved the guy, and then they got, they broke up. <laughs> and so you had to keep the guy now? We got to keep the guy, like he came back. That's the best
0: case scenario. It is the best <laughs> case scenario. He came
1: back, he was like, I missed you guys. <laughs> Aww,
0: and obviously so his girlfriend cute. probably
1: already likes me, because I'm like, oh, he's his got ex a is the, the now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So she probably thinks I'm cool because he's probably mm-hmm. like, I didn't talk to these people because they didn't like my ex, because
0: we just had a falling out. You got with that her. in common, yeah. yeah. You've so already got we, a common enemy.
1: So <laughs> it was good. It was different to be. I was like, when we were in the car driving, because I drove, but everybody's mm-hmm. like vaccinated and stuff. I'm uh-huh. like, I wouldn't i have been a full of people that I didn't
0: know or that yeah. were related to me. <laughs> that weren't in your pod. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it was nice. We went to Ramsey's. The food was good. It's... Did you get the Did you get
0: the pudding? Of course, I did. Of course, but
1: yeah. it was interesting falling back into like I don't know making small talk with somebody you don't know. Yeah, uh-huh. I haven't done that in forever.
0: <clears throat> like making a new friend. That's yeah, so like weird. Making a new
1: friend <laughs> like face to face. Mm-hmm. But it was nice. The food was good. We're so old. Our reservation was like at five, and Rob and I came home, and we're I was sleeping at like eight o'clock.
0: Watch and Love after <laughs> lock up. Oh man, you're really thirty six already. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good pre birthday. I hope you get some good food at least on your birthday, birthday. That's the best part of your birthday is that yes, you can eat cake eating. like all day. Yeah. Yes and it's totally allowed you're just like wake up
1: cake okay i it. was nice going to a restaurant though rob was like are you okay i was like i was making appetizers and stuff oh like God. one of their meals i was like this should be an app can i get this meal instead of a meal can i get it as an appetizer and-
0: <laughs> hold on my cat's like trying to climb across go on he's trying to catch a fly i think you know, I swear to God, it was like that when we went out to that sushi place or whatever, where we just ordered so much food because it was just like, we haven't been out in so long. This is crazy. I know. We don't know how to act. Yeah. I was like, just get it. Rob's like, I don't know. I'm
1: just get it. It's fine. I know. <laughs> get it all.
0: So, the big thing I wanted to talk about today is all these boxes in my office <laughs> that know. you guys can't see. It's on like the other side of my screen, but there's 125 boxes. That are stacked up and ready to go. And hopefully by the time this airs, they'll be up on, <laughs> they'll be up on everything. Everybody I everything. Mean, I see can them. go ahead
1: and put them up. We're just waiting for one last item to come in, which we've already approved and it's ready to go. Like the item yeah. is good to mm-hmm. go. It's just got to Yeah, hopefully get it's
0: them. on the way. Yeah. So we have, um, we have a, we had a grand idea. So, and we actually like followed through with it. We decided to do a read me romance box. So it's like a subscription box, but this is just a one time thing. And we made it the theme like a summer beach box. And so I realized that it's technically maybe towards the end of summer, but if you're anywhere below like, i don't know new york it's still fucking summertime because all the shit is useful listen it's 10 p.m right now and it's still like 87 degrees outside that's how fucking hot it is here it's miserable but anyway so in the beach box like it's so cute like there's like i said there's stuff that you can you know mel said there's stuff you can use anytime but the one thing i'm super excited about are the books that are in it and this was something that we really wanted to do for our lady listeners. So there's two books, it's volume one and volume two. And in each book is five authors from the Read Me Romance podcast. There are uh, 10 authors total that we pulled, which were some of like our fan favorites, we put into print because a lot of these authors didn't really either didn't publish them later, or didn't put them into print or whatever. And these books won't be for sale because we don't want to like, you know, worry about like selling someone else's work or anything like that. So this is just like a kind of a fan box. Mm-hmm. So if you're at all a, a fan of Read Me Romance and Lady Listeners, this is really cool. Like there's awesome stuff in there. There's some really good stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I was and the price point might
1: seem a little high, but we're not like pulling a profit on this. It's no. <laughs> These items were, it took, that's why it's coming so late, because we wanted to get such these great things, but we had to wait to get them in, because we needed 125 of them. And some of the objects are like, quality made objects, you'll see. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how much we're going to show. We're like weighing between like we want to tell people what's in it. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, we want it all to be a
0: surprise. Yeah, yeah. So it's like how much do you reveal beforehand or how much do you let them discover when they get the box? I think some of it is nice to be a surprise. Yeah. But it would also be enticing to me to like, okay, what's in it? Like I'm not going to spend this much money on something, but I don't know what's inside of it. But But every penny goes towards the items. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's what's uh, misleading about this. I don't know, you know, there, I'm sure there are subscription boxes out there where people make a lot of money off of them, but this one is not. This is definitely a fan service box. I think if you
1: were, we're ordering more, like we only did 125, yeah, if we were, had yeah. more quantity, the more mm-hmm. things you order, the cheaper you can get them for.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, like maybe if we did like 500 or something. I cannot imagine 500 boxes in my house. Please don't oh. do that. <laughs> so, when we're just going to and- see how
1: this goes. So, and if everybody likes it, and if it sells out really quick, then we'll do it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll do a different one later. But just to be like, this is just, it's also promo, too. I mean, it's, like I said, it's a fan service that you can get these books in print um, that you can't get anywhere else. So, it's kind of exclusive in that way. But also, you know, we just, we really love it. And, you know, this is great for people to see out and about. And, you know, if we happen to, like, catch new listeners and new supporters and stuff, when they see these boxes on social media, like, that's great. Like, that benefits everybody. That allows us to make more free audiobooks. If you
1: get one, we would love if you could open it on social media or whatever and tag us in it. For sure. and share and stuff.
0: Yeah, because we want everybody to see it. Because, like I said, the, the better the podcast does, the more audiobooks we can make. That so. said, I just want to point out, I don't know if these are going to sell
1: fast or not
0: fast. No, I don't so, know. I don't know. It's if you need like, to keep your eyes we have no or point or of reference. Yeah. I, we have no point of reference because we've never done anything like this before, not but even with Alexa. The so. first
1: shot of people that it's going to be aware is the newsletter, which I will link in this. Yep. So you need to sign up for the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to find out about it the quickest. Yep. And that's me getting you to sign up for the newsletter, too. So. <laughs>
0: But it all helps. Like, you know, I mean, there, I know we've joked about this before, but, you know, people say all the time, like, I don't know how you guys do it. Like, it's so much work. And we're like, yeah, it is. It's a ton of work. And there is no money in this. Like, if you've ever done a podcast, you know, but there's like an every bit that we make we put back into it because we love this like this is so fun for us not only to be able to talk about books and what we're reading and what we're loving but to share this with Rome the romance community free audiobooks like yeah. come on I mean the, that's just a no-brainer to me but so anything we can do to help promote the podcast or help people see it. Find a new listener, like that. That's our find a new author that wants to be on the podcast with us. You know, if an author sees it and likes what we're doing, we just would love to invite them on the podcast. So this is a great opportunity to do you should that. Get this box just
1: for yourself because all these kids are about to go back to school and things are about to get crazy again. <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna get good yeah. crazy bad crazy I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen I don't
0: know We're all just rolling the <laughs> dice I'm like am right I now. supposed to
1: be excited am I supposed to be terrified
0: am I supposed to be what I don't know both actually I think you're supposed to be both both oh. reactions are good right now you know it was so weird as I haven't seen some of Peyton's friends
1: and I seen one today his favorite yeah, and she like is standing on the side of the curb with him, waiting to be picked mm-hmm. up. And I seen her, and my mouth like dropped. I'm like, she's grown like a foot. She's
0: like, you haven't it, seen her in, like two years, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> I
1: see. I was like, what the hell? She was like a foot taller, blonde hair all the way down to her ass. Wow. I was, like, she turned into like a woman. What is going on?
0: Oh has Peyton grown like a ton since yes. school was out yeah he, he looks said like he nobody recognized
1: up. him because not only is really? he shot up he's got hair as long. yeah as his mine. hair's
0: long yeah he's mm-hmm. like no
1: one recognized me I'm like I'm mm-hmm. not
0: shocked he's got such pretty hair though mm-hmm. it's so nice okay I've got some lady listener emails if you want to do them today let's do it I'm not even asking I'm telling okay So a couple of these are old, a couple are new. Oh, and before I forget, we had um, someone that emailed a question today. It was just a quick question, so I thought I'd share it. Hey, Leah and Mel, I'm listening to episode 135.2 and how you write together. I've always been so curious about how you write together. Like, does one do one POV and does one do the other? The way you write is very dynamic, and I really feel like I get two different characters between the hero and heroine when I'm reading your books. Thanks for all the laughs. See. Because you are getting two different characters. (laughs) <laughs> you definitely are. That's the great thing about when we write together is that, you know, we I know we said before, but a lot of people still haven't heard. We alternate chapters in every book. So I generally write the male, M- Melissa generally acts the female. So when you really read two different perspectives, you get two different people on it. We
1: don't plot out a lot. We'll put ideas at the bottom or where, mm-hmm. or what I was thinking. But mm-hmm. when she, it's her turn, I have no idea where she's going to take the story.
0: Yeah, or and it's exciting happening. like that. Like, we're writing in a book right now. It's a student-teacher romance. We just started it. Mel, like, wrote the first chapter, and I was like, oh, what are, what are we going to do? And she was like, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know either. Like, what do you What, what do you want? I don't care. What do you want? You know, it's back and forth, and I was like, fuck it. So I just wrote a chapter, and I was like, let her deal with it. Like, back, <laughs> away. Like, back away slowly. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's it. So for those that didn't know, there you go. All right. This one is called Book Signing Story. Hey, lady podcasters. I'll admit I'm one of those listeners that is always, always behind. But I absolutely love the podcast. Thank you so much for introducing me to so many new authors. I'm currently on a historic, historical and Lauren Smith kick. I love Lauren Smith's book. She had with I think it was the Duke's twin. Anyway, you wanted to hear about a great book signing experience. In 2016, gosh, was it really 2016? I attended my very first book signing in Boston's North Shore Book Signing, now known as Talk Books Author Event. We've been to that one. That one's in Boston. Back in 2016, I didn't even know what indie romance was. After reading Fifty Shades of Grey, I started searching for similar authors. I somehow stumbled upon Tony Alejo's Assassin series, and I have been a huge, huge fan ever since. I ended up signing up for her newsletter. I read it pretty religiously, and then one day, there at the very bottom, she wrote that she was coming to Boston. My favorite author was going to be less than two hours away. I jumped at locating tickets, even though I didn't even know what a book signing was. Back in 2016, I was extremely shy. My anxiety was at an all-time high, but I had to meet Tony. I arrived early against my internal voices. I started talking to several ladies. We still keep in touch to this day. I love that. I also made a point to talk to as many authors as I could. After I met the amazing Tony Leo, that day, I met some of my most favorite authors and people, Penelope Ward, Katie Ringeri, journey. I th- I'm not sure how to say the last name. R-E-G-N-E-R-Y. Julie Johnson, LM Carr, Megan March, Julie Kent, and so many other awesome people. That day introduced me to so many people, both readers and authors. It helped me get out of my shell just a little bit. I'm now a book signing pro and have no anxiety attending signings. I know I'm with my people. Everyone was and is amazing at talk books, especially the organizers. I have since attended the signing three more times, and each year the organizers try to outdo themselves. They take all feedback and try to make events better than well, the than last. If you're ever in Boston area in April, I highly recommend checking out the talkbook author events, Samantha. I think that's a great recommendation. That was a great signing. They always have a good author lineup. And they super do have great
1: uh, people that set it up. I yeah, remember that yeah. one, and mm-hmm. I always remember the Philly people. Yep, the organizers uh, from those two. Mm-hmm. I remember like headstrong. I remember.
0: Yep, like they're they're also organized. They've got it down. Like they've done they're them for fun. so many years now. Yeah, super fun. Like always trying to keep it like different, changing up. I love that. Like it feels fresh every time. So. Yeah, and I don't too, know. If
1: I don't think people realize how important sometimes the organizers being in on the events mm-hmm. and pumping. up. They're not pumping up the crowd like you're at a concert, but they do like make some make it flow, pull people together, start talking to people. Mm-hmm. So because people are standing in line and they go around, and I really do feel like sometimes they pull out people they see that are kind of standing by themselves and start talking and get people talking to, to engage. Out
0: there. That. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, seriously, some of our best friends we've met at book signings. So like, it's, you know, it's, it's really like finding your people, you know, yeah. it's like walking in a room and being like, holy shit, we all love the same thing. Ah! You know, like, it's amazing. Record scratch. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, this says great experience at a romance signing. Hey, apparently in, in July of 2019, I was asking for that. So if you have a great experience at a book signing, a romance book signing, send it to us, at gmail.com. Hi, lady podcasters slash lady DJs. I'm going to share my amazing experience at a romance signing. After a period of time when it seemed nothing was going right in my work life and a few major things in my personal life, I made up my mind to attend a romance signing. I had found one in Canada. I live in New Brunswick, the Canadian province north. Yes, north of Maine. Okay, you got... I'm just going to believe you. I can't read my... <laughs> and that means I am a small town born, live and die very happily without leaving. Traveling too far isn't anything that appeals to me. I had missed romancing the capital in Ottawa in 2016, so I was determined to attend in 2017. I signed me and my daughter up. She was 22 and we made our plans. Once I got that settled, I saw the Calypso Masters was bringing her CalypsoCon to Canada to Toronto, and four of my favorite authors were part of the lineup. I said, No, you already have plans, and went to settle in for the night. But once I got settled, I said, I'd kick myself if I didn't at least try. I logged in and signed up, and I got a ticket. For my town, you can only fly direct to three places. Anywhere else, you have to transfer, and Toronto is one of those places. I joined the private Facebook group and everyone was so friendly and found two other people who had lived in New Brunswick. By the time the event rolled around, two other ladies from my hometown were going and we were all be there together. I had no frame of reference when I went to CalypsoCon. It is a very small and intimate event over a day and a half. There are only around 100 or less attendees. You are always together attendees and authors so once i checked into the hotel i checked the facebook group and one of the ladies said she was in the bar if anyone wanted to join her i'm not outgoing but i headed down and when i heard some people laughing i approached and said are you guys here for CalypsoCon?" rosie the lady and sorry rosie the lady from the group said yes join us i sat down ordered a drink and looked over and there was lexi blake Aww, Aww. i love lexi blake I nearly burst into tears. I was so excited. She also noticed I had on my McKay Taggart training tee. That night, all the authors go out to dinner, but we attendees hang, were hanging out in the lobby, and Calypso Masters comes around talking to everyone, making sure we're all having fun and asking what plans we had. At supper Friday night, us readers sit at the table, and then different authors come around and sit with us. You don't know how you're going to get, but I nearly fainted when Charisse Sinclair. Oh Oh my God. I know I would have died. I love her. Came running up to our table, cheering and sat down. I met so many amazing authors and readers that weekend and had a fabulous time. Needless to say, the entire weekend has changed my life. I connected with so many readers and I stopped hiding my my, my love of romance books. When my daughter and I attended Romance in the Capitol a few weeks later, it just got better. It, it, it too is smaller in a reader-author event, not only a signing. It isn't just the authors, though, that is a total thrill, but the readers I got to know and became friends with. I found my center, I found my group, and I found my tribe by attending these events. By the end of 2017, I realized I had been surviving for so long in my life, but these two events turned things around for me, and I was thriving in my life. Thank you, ladies, so much for this podcast. It gives me that connection and that personalization, and it's one of the reasons I love it so much. This podcast makes me feel like I am meeting authors I didn't know, same as I did at these signings. Your loyal lady listener, Darlene. You can say my name.
1: I love that. Darlene, I love you.
0: (laughs) I think this is the same Darlene that's in Read Me, Romance, That post the best memes. She's <laughs> she that always has like the sickest memes. She so, does. Yeah, I know. I'm glad to give her a shout out on that. That was really freaking sweet. I love it. All right. So this one is an update about um, somebody. You had a couple of tattoo emails. I think I've got two printed on here. This one said, this one just says subject tattoo broad. Holy hell. I'm listening to the new episode. Please tell Mel. I love that she's pressing charges. I'm with her on that building anger. If it were me, I would have said, fuck that chick up with the legal system. (laughs) fuck her up with the legal system because i'm kind of a pussy about actual violence (laughs) loving your books may (laughs) should i give an update it's yeah i feel like this is gonna
1: be a very slow process yeah this is gonna
0: be a slow process do it because what's an update
1: the detective called me back i guess when they called her she was like i need to talk to my lawyer Mm -hmm. and he's like the lawyers she's she's not gonna talk to me with a lawyer (laughs) So yeah. I guess now they have to, well, since she's not coming in or, or whatever, Isabel has to do a lineup, which is oh very, Oh, my like.
0: God. Does she have to go and, like, are there people that line no, up in front of her? pictures. Oh, my God. So no, <laughs> So she
2: has to like sign like and
1: point it out. And then I guess they've got to, like, mail her and do subpoenas. So I think it's going to be just this back and forth long process mm-hmm. until, it like, I'm guessing at least six months.
0: Yeah. Before yeah. they
1: finally get into the courts and she gets a lawyer or whatever, but like I said, I'm still following through. Even though I'm not as mad anymore, mm-hmm. I've calmed down. But I just don't think that these individuals are acknowledge. I don't think they've ever been held responsible for anything. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Like they get in yeah, trouble, they I get slapped on the wrist, and it kind of gets brushed off. Mm-hmm. So I'm like just. They power. fucked
0: with the wrong one.
1: Yeah, they just need to be held yeah. responsible. You don't get to mm-hmm. do shit like this, and it's not brushed under the rug.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, and you don't get held accountable for and it. I'm
1: still making her get the shit removed. So.
0: Good. Like May said, fuck her up with the legal system.
1: <laughs> That's not fair. Fuck her like, up I can't with the legal system. I can't your ass but I can do this laser removal thing.
0: Uh-huh, yep, because this shit's <laughs> going to hurt. you're wish I
1: could whoop your ass. Mm-hmm.
0: So this one was another one for your tattoo thing. It says, I swear this is not as, um, this is not a messy email. That's the subject line. I swear this is not, that's like those shirts that say, I'm not a criminal. <laughs> don't arrest this person. <laughs> it says, hi is currently listening to this week's episode. Excited for the new AR about Melissa's daughter's situation. And of course you don't really need to answer. And this is me being completely curious, little, little old single 29 year old me with no kids or idea how to parent, but why? is it not possible that did she did why is it not possible that did she ask and really wanted the tattoo I do remember you saying on a previous episode something else that it was her body and she should be able to make some choices and usually you not caring is something she hears and I don't and I know you don't mean you don't care about her, but probably just you trusting her judgment that made her believe that she was grown up enough to make the decision. And I think it would be, and she thought it would be okay. Because you usually say, I don't care.
1: Bye, ladies. <laughs> she just, she dropped <laughs> no, the scene no, and ran out. Thing, I actually knew the same <laughs> yeah, thing was yeah. going to come up. It's yeah, the fact that yeah. apparently she isn't responsible. There's a reason there's an age for this. Yeah, Because you're still growing up. Mm-hmm. And she didn't do this. I think if she really wanted one, or she didn't think I would care, she would have told mm-hmm. me. She admitted that she was going to hide it.
0: This seems like a like a really um, like spontaneous thing too. It didn't seem like this was planned out. No, I don't. It think was It was just span- like yeah. planned
1: out either. But mm-hmm.
0: like no, an she's impulse. just
1: not the maturity capacity to do anything permanent to her body. Mm-hmm. Everything she's done is yeah. not permanent. Yeah, with haircuts and nails and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah. getting – and she just went to go on to show her lack of responsibility by letting some random person tattoo her
0: mm-hmm. in
1: their home with the needle she doesn't even know it's clean. It's like
0: oh. – oh.
1: That's why I said. I know. Where usually yeah. I'm so open that mm-hmm. I thought she would have come to me and be like, hey, I kind of want a tattoo. And we would have been like, okay, well, when you're 18, we can see about you doing mm-hmm. that. Where should we get it? What are you thinking you want?
0: Yeah, let's go to a reputable place. Being
1: open with her about her body and being Mm -hmm. like, these are your choices when you're the right age Yeah, (laughs) and you do this responsibly. That's why when I say it's your body, it's your choice. I still teach you about sex and taking care of yourself and protecting yourself and making sure you're doing the right things. There's still some level of making sure you're doing this the right way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. And, you know, and like you said before, you know, we could have been the most strict or the most liberal, but she would have made this decision regardless because she's selfish. (laughs) You know, well, this decision was selfish.
1: It was weird. I think she's finally having some regrets. And oddly, I'm realizing how much more power I have than I realized Mm -hmm. with them. With them, like, I didn't think they had any fear of me.
0: <laughs> like,
1: I didn't think nobody was scared of me. Nobody's scared of me. She's like mm-hmm. walking around on eggshells. It's
0: like, good. <laughs> I'm still mad. <laughs> All right, I've got one more. This says update from bad wedding day email. And I remember this original email because I read through this real quick. Hey, ladies, you read my email a long time ago about my unfortunate wedding, the one where my husband and my mother and or my maid of honor got into a fight. My hair looked like George Washington wig. My future in-laws were taking shots in the church parking lot and the reception was cut short by a freak thunderstorm. I remember this. Yes. And I wanted to send you all an update. My husband and I renewed our vows and it was perfect. The dress was amazing. My hair was stunning and my makeup on point. I've attached a couple of pictures of the wonderful day. Love rules. Take care, Mary Beth. And she put pictures, and she does. She looks so beautiful. They look so happy. There's no thunderstorm. (laughs) (laughs) So that was really sweet. I'm glad she gave us an update on it.
1: I wanted to give an update because it just hit my email. Like, it scared me because I got 20 emails at once. I was like, what the hell? Because I always have it up in the corner. They are from Barnes & Noble, and it says that the books will be there in two days. <gasps> oh my God! The yeah. books will be there Thursday. It says they will be there shit.
0: Thursday. So it, there could be two things that happen by the time we play this episode. They could be gone, or they could also be on, on the website. So just you know what, it's roll on the dice, ladies. Sorry, roll on the dice. I'll make
1: sure the links are everything are in here. But if you were already signed up for the okay. newsletter, like I've been saying for years. <laughs>
0: Since 2018, <laughs> they, and don't yeah.
1: forget, our news—more people that are signed up for our newsletter, the better we get for like advertisements and things like that. So that's how mm-hmm. you're actually helping the podcast. As odd right. as it sounds, mm-hmm. it does.
0: Just open up the emails, then delete them if you don't want them. <laughs> just look at them, see. If just look at them. You, you never it. know. Not, there's free shit all the time in them. There's all the time. There's free shit in there. So yeah. click them. All right, we're going to play the second installment of Rise of the Animals by Jessadine. We love you. Don't forget, there's a forced submission
1: warning on this episode. Yes,
0: yes. Warning, warning, warning. If you don't like forced submission, it's not for you. But if you do, welcome. We're all over here. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We're all on this side of the screen. All right, we'll see you on the other side.
2: Athea. I'm warm, maybe for the first time in my life. I usually let my sisters sleep closer to the fire so they stay warmer, but tonight I am so warm I want to wallow in it. The feel of fur gliding across my bare skin has my eyes popping open. There is no way I would sleep in the nude. Hell, the way things are going, I wouldn't even change out of my dress to wear something else at night. I look around, realising very quickly that this place is not my family's hut. Overheard material swoops from the ceiling and falls all around. I am lying in a big nest of firs and a fire is burning in a hearth close by. Everything is so brightly coloured, too. We don't use bright colours in my village in case we have to run to the woods to hide. Flaming red and purple materials like the ones surrounding me now would be a sure way to ask for an arrow in your back. Memories of what happened right before... Come back to me, causing my heart to pound. If I'm not at home, where am I? My sisters. Are my sisters safe? You will see your family tomorrow when we go to the village. You shouldn't worry about your family so much now. They will always be kept safe. I think I hear Satan. Is this what the village priest meant when he said I was a sinful child built by the devil to lead men to do wrong? Is it because I've touched myself with thoughts of a demon in my mind as I work myself closer and closer to a release that shouldn't happen? Has the devil come to collect me like the priest told me he would? A growl jerks me from my thoughts. Darkness creeps around the edges so that I can't see very well, but something is moving throughout the shadows. Something huge and deadly waits just outside the light of the fire. I will take great delight in picking my teeth with the holy man's bones for suggesting what he did because of why he did. No one will ever touch you but me. I should focus on the no one will touch you part, but I can't wrap my head around the other part. Why did the priest say that? And why does the devil want to eat him for it? Shouldn't he want to, I don't know, promote him to his faithful ranks? if it's vile enough. The shadows part, and into the light walks the biggest wolf I have ever seen. Oh, my saints! Memories of what happened to me in the forest flood my mind. Being with this creature and fornicating in front of all of his people are too much for me to handle. I move to scrunch up in a ball in the corner of the bed I am on. The movement has me remembering all of what happened just before I lost consciousness. There is an ache deep inside, like something is broken and won't ever be healed properly. I throw the covers back to find out how badly I am hurt by what happened in the woods. It certainly felt like he ripped me apart. What I find makes me stop and stare down at the mess of dried blood and cum between my legs. Oh, Heavenly Father, I hope I have started my cycle and this is all just a bad dream. I pray to wake up from this nightmare and realize that it is just a dream. I'm afraid not, my love. God can't save you now. Now that you have made it with the leader of the monsters who rule the Northlands. I look at the sight of my broken innocence and up into the eyes of the wolf standing in front of me. The memory of him pumping into me after tearing me apart flashes in my head and makes me want to run and hide but there is no place to hide from something that can smell your fear. I couldn't run if I wanted to, not as tender as I am between my thighs. Green eyes snap to mine as the wolf places his big front paw on my bedding. Slowly it walks towards me until I can reach out and touch his fur. The closer he gets, the more his body shivers and shakes, almost like the animal is having a seizure. When he's right on top of me, bending me back, it's a human mouth that comes away from my shoulder after having licked the place he bit into me earlier. The way we have tilted back, his body is in between my legs which have spread further because of his broad thighs. I was not as gentle as perhaps I should have been in taking you, my fragile little human. His voice makes my skin flushed and hot. He lowers himself so his eyes are on my tender flesh as he pushes my legs even further open. What he does next is not godly. His long tongue, nothing like a human tongue at all, rolls out and swipes up the middle of my private area. My gasp is loud enough to be heard throughout the entire tent, and maybe outside of it too. I can help with this ache, my precious little mate. I can take the pain away with my saliva." He licks me two more times. Each time his tongue takes a trip through my lady business, more and more of my body starts to tingle. When his tongue pushes inside of me, I can tort around it and a flow of new wetness pours from my body. No, it's happening again. My body is doing that thing that makes me lose sight of what's real who is good and who is evil. It is like a warm tide from the ocean that breaks over me and runs down my body. My body convulses around the muscle in my pussy. I gasp at the scandalous word. Is that what you were looking for? Or perhaps cunt is what you call this delicious fruit I'm nibbling on? Whatever you call it, it tastes like a piece of heaven to me. It tastes like mine. At his dirty words, my body writhes around him again. When he pulls it from me, it is dripping with my essence and makes a wet sucking sound coming out. My cheeks explode with embarrassment, but he doesn't seem to care. He pulls my body underneath his, and the tip of his dick slides inside of me. My walls are still clenching from the first orgasm he gave me. So, him invading me, "'Stretching me wide just keeps setting me off again and again. "'All I can do is moan out for him. "'Hold on to me, my sweet, soft little human. "'I've got you now.' "'His words don't mean anything to me. "'I don't understand what he's trying to tell me. "'All I'm aware of is the point where his body meets my body. "'The pain doesn't come this time.' Only the feeling of his long, thick manhood surging inside of me. The feel of it is not unpleasant. It's deep. With every thrust, I am pushed further up on the bed, but it doesn't hurt as bad as it did yesterday. At least I think it might have been yesterday. Could have been a couple of hours ago. I seem to lose track of time when he's inside of me. Seconds feel like forever, and hours are like minutes. His hand travels down my body and skates in between us. He uses his thumb to put pressure on the bundle of nerves that gets achy when he is inside of me. His other hand goes up to circle my neck, and for just a second I fear he is going to choke the life out of me. Then I don't care if he is going to, as my body focuses on the delight he is giving me with the pad of his thumb and the thrust of his hips. Then he swells inside of me. It's small at first. Well, as small as this man can be, which isn't very small at all. I think maybe he is about to orgasm inside of me. That is why his cock is swelling, but he keeps rocking his hips and staring down at me. Then it gets wider and larger, and I realize what is happening. I've seen the way animals mate. How they lock their mates to them so the female can't get away. No. It comes out as nothing more than a breathless whisper followed by a whimper. The walls of my pussy flutter at the extra pressure put on them. I shake my head, trying to deny what is happening. You say no, but your body is preparing to take my seed, little mate. Your womb is going to receive and accept what my body offers it. His eyes glow green again. His voice has become deeper and more growly. He leans forward and sniffs and huffs into my neck, against my ear, causing my body to release a shudder that reverberates through his. You're fertile. Oh, gods, no. I try to think about when my last cycle started and what time it is to see if he is even right in thinking I could get pregnant with his child, not to mention the fact that we are not the same. My body goes cold when I realize he is right. I start struggling against him now. My hands go to his chest to push him away and I try to wiggle my hips away from his large cock. He takes my hands and ensnares them above my head while his hips pin me down. He lets out a roar above me that has my body betraying me. Shivers run up and down my skin as I realize for the first time what I must look like with my thighs spread around this man, this monster, as he fucks into me. I'm sure no one can see me under him, just my legs sticking out on either side of his hips. I try to use my heels to hit and kick at him, but he lets out a sound that's like a snarl mixed with a groan. I can't let this man impregnate me. My eyes start watering from the fear of what being with child would mean. I would be shunned by the people of my village, assuming they don't burn me at the stake for having a demon's baby in the first place. "'Women have very little say in my village. "'They will cast me out and make me live in the wilderness far from the rest of the people. "'I won't be able to visit my sisters ever again without bringing shame on them as well. "'No one will want to be with me or marry me after I have a babe out of wedlock. "'He comes down on top of me, putting more of his weight on me so that he can whisper in my ear. "'No man will ever touch you again.' I will be the only one who gets to come inside you. I will be the only one who offers you pleasure and has the privilege of taking care of your needs. I will tear anyone who tries to take you from me apart with my bare hands. You will not be shunned in the village unless they want to be eaten by me or my men. You will be worshipped as the queen you are. Everyone will kneel at your feet, at the feet of my mate. His cock swells and the knot at the end of his shaft grows to its full width at his words. It stretches the walls of my still tight pussy wide and puts pressure on something inside of me that makes me shake. When he starts to rock inside of me, not thrust or pull out, but just rock back and forth, my body gives up the fight. I arch off the bed and push forward, unwittingly taking more of him inside of me, lodging him deeper inside. The tip of his cock brushes the back of my pussy. I feel the heat take my body over and my skin starts to tingle. I know what is coming and I can't fight it. Seconds before my flesh contracts round his hard cock and not, I feel his teeth nipping at my throat. At the same place he bit the last time he was inside of me. His teeth sink in and my pleasure breaks over me. Tight muscles spasms so hard around him, my ass cheeks ache from the contractions. His body floods mine as his hot seed spurts into me. So many emotions take over. I don't think. I'm mad because of what is happening to me, what he is doing to my body, and how I am reacting to him. I'm sad at the thought of never seeing my sisters again. I'm... I don't know what else I am. I know something else is there, but I don't understand what it is. It is the joy of fucking your mate. The relief that comes with release. A release only I can give you. As I work through my climax and his words ring true in my head, the anger takes over and I sink my teeth in the flesh of his shoulder. If he wants to bite and scratch and rut me, I will leave my own scars on him. I bite down hard and break his skin with my teeth. His blood rushes into my mouth and something scary and bad happens. He roars out above me as more of his seed pours in me. His knot gets bigger, thicker, so that it plugs the entire bottom part of my pussy, letting nothing out. The most troubling thing, the scariest, is that I like the way he tastes. I yank away from him, or as far away as he will let me. I called him a monster, but I am the monster. He is doing what is in his nature, being the creature he is, while I am evil for doing what I did to him and enjoying it. I liked the taste of his blood in my mouth. What kind of sick person am I? If I wasn't going to hell before, I surely am now. I've become some unstable, crazy lady, unfit to be around anyone. I suck in a haggard breath at the thought spinning around inside my head like a leaf in a windstorm. What if I attack someone else? What if I hurt someone who's innocent, like one of my sisters or a child? A chuckle overheard causes me to snap back to the present. He is laughing at me. My eyes go to his broad shoulder that has a smear of blood around it and a thin red line running down. Tears come to my eyes once again." The only person you will be biting is me. The urge won't ever be there to bite anyone else, and it is natural now for you too. It is how we mark our mates, how we claim them for all to see. His words give me no comfort. Does that mean... No, it couldn't mean that I marked him as mine the same way he marked me as his... He gives me a huge, cocky, lopsided smile that says otherwise. I just want to run away. Never run from me, sweet one. It will be so much rougher when I catch you. Right now, your little cunt can't handle that kind of rough. It's already so tight and swollen from our first time. It would be bad for you to try to run from me and never, ever pull away from me when I am knotted inside of you. I want to ask why, but at the same time, I am deathly afraid of the answer. It will rip you apart. There is no way to dislodge me from you until the swelling goes down and my knot deflates. Otherwise, I could cause you great harm. He holds my head in his hands so he can stare down at me. He never stops rocking his hips back and forth. Have you seen something like that happen? I don't understand why I whisper it. Maybe because the thought of what it could do was so awful that I don't want to speak it into existence. Only once. I watch as his throat moves with his swallow. When I was a little boy, my people were attacked by a rival band of men like ourselves. They turned to bears, and where we were fast and tough, they are huge and strong. The king was mating the queen when they attacked. My eyes grow big and round, knowing where this tale is going and not liking it. The bears came in and their leader had the pair brought to him in the great hall. In front of us all, he ripped them apart. It was not something I care to see again. My blood is like ice and my heart like lead at the cruelty to be found in the world around me. The queen died of her injuries that the forced parting caused, and because she was mate to our king, he followed her. He died of a broken heart right there in front of us all. What happened with the bears? A group of young wolves joined together, and the next night handed out the justice the other clan so desperately deserved. One of them was chosen to put an end to the leader of the bear clan. He has my full attention with this tale. So did he? Uh, How did he go about ending him when the bear was so much bigger than the wolf? I'm supposed to be fighting him and kicking and screaming for my freedom, but I never could pass up a good story. He waited until the bears had drunk themselves into a stupor and crept into the bedroom of the king, the same one that had held his king and queen the night before and woke the man. He woke him. Why would he not just kill him while he slept? That would have been dishonorable. He looks at me like I should know better. Do you want to hear the end or not? I shake my head yes so he will go back to telling me what happened. A smile grows across his face and shows sharp white teeth. The young wolf woke the bear and the two of them started fighting. His brother by battle stood guard to put down any that came to their leader's aid. The fight was bad. Both men were covered in blood and gashes. Both not wanting to give up, but the wolf had something to fight for. The bear was only there because it was one more village to conquer, one more group of people to enslave. The wolf was fighting for his people, his freedom, and the memory of his beloved king and queen. The bear thought he was fighting a standard warrior clansman, but the wolf had come from nothing. He was poor and was used to struggling for what he had. He was used to life or death. I hang on his words. My heart thumps at the thought of the fight and how bloody it must have been. And? I see the battle so clearly. It's as though I am remembering it instead of being told what happened. The fight got so bad that it spilled over into the great hall and almost everyone in the castle was ringed around the two men. One moment they would be men, the next the monster they carry inside of them. Until the bear could take no more. The wolf had gone for his throat and the bear, thinking himself bigger and stronger, allowed the wolf to get too close. The wolf ripped the bear king's throat out with his teeth And watch as he bled in the same spot their queen had bled the night before. But the poor king and queen were gone. His death wouldn't bring them back. I find myself so sad at the thought of two people loving each other so much that tearing them apart would kill them. No, nothing would bring them back. But the people learned from the horrible experience and things changed. Because the wolf had won, he now had two clans under his control and found himself the new leader of his people, and the clan found ways to protect the leader when the day came that he found his mate. A thought hovers just outside of my mind. My mind drifts back to the first time the big giant on top of me took me. His men circled us, almost as if they were protecting. Oh my gods, you were the boy! His smile is one mixed with self-satisfaction and confidence in his own place in the world. Very good, little one. Another thought blinks in my mind. That makes me. My queen, yes. The way he says it, I am reminded of a predator tasting the sweet scent of capture right before the prey falls to him. Wolf. I allow my queen to rest. I shouldn't have taken her again so soon, but I could feel her pain and knew I could make her better with the healing properties of my saliva. One thing led to another, and I was inside of her before I could stop myself. I cannot resist my queen. She doesn't know it yet, but... She could ask me for the stars and I would spend my life trying to shoot them down out of the night sky for her. Sire, I have news. On the other side of my tent, one of my men speaks through the cloth walls. It's about the queen's sisters. I sent my men in silently to bring Athea's sisters to us, just in case the talk with the town elders doesn't go well. I don't want them getting hurt because someone doesn't want the protection we offer. And I won't let them be used to harm my love, ever. I slide out from under my soft, still-sleeping queen and go to the flap to find the messenger. Speak. The good news is that we brought back the littlest one and she's being watched over by some of the warriors from our village. He doesn't go on. Continue. I want to go back to my mate and snuggle. His delay is making me angry. The bad news is that the middle sister is with Grimm. The young pup won't meet my eyes. I don't see that as a problem. He is my beta. He mated her. Oh shit. I turn back to the tent. I'm not going to get back to my queen anytime soon and Grim mating her sister before he even brought her to my queen will only serve to piss my queen off, making my life more difficult in the process. Anger washes through me, and I start to change. Stand guard and don't leave your queen. She is with child and must be protected at all cost. The warrior kneels, showing me he has given me his oath to die for her. I grow more and more upset the farther I get from the tent holding my mate. Before I can get to Grimm's tent, he's ducking out of it. The mating clings to him, and he looks happy. Normally, this would be something to celebrate, but when I made it with Athea, I made a promise to her that I would take her family as my own, care for them, and offer them my protection. Letting my beta mate with her middle sister is not on that list. I growl and snip at him using the mental link I have with all of my warriors to tell him why I am so pissed. And he completely takes the anger out of me when he throws my own mating and how I took our queen's innocence at me. I regain my human appearance at his words. I did take my Athea in front of the pack, but damn it. I wanted to give them hope that they could find their mates too. The doll is not lost when the woman made for them is out there somewhere. Just let me break this to Athea before you go celebrating. Surely there is a better way to tell my mate that her sister is happy and safe than how my beta will do it. She's coming. Sir, she's on the way. The young warrior I had guarding her is running towards us. She knows because I know. I look over at Grimm and both of us tense up. Shit. He says it at the same time I do. This is not going to be pretty. My sweet, innocent little queen is going to kill my Beta. I catch her as she flies at him in full rage. She spits and slashes her hands with fully grown nails that would rip and rend flesh if she were to reach Grimm. She shouts at him. "'promising to rip off his mating parts and make him eat them, "'and I have to wince at the fierceness of my mate. "'You know as well as I that they can't be apart. "'I see the images she took from me last night of my youth. "'I wanted her to have no part of that, "'but as my mate I couldn't stop her "'from finding those memories and viewing them. "'And she didn't turn from me when she did. "'She didn't look at me like I was a monster.' She curled into me, taking away the hidden pain I didn't realize I was holding on to. She sags against me now, finally defeated in her zeal for her sister. Is she? She asks grim, but she looks to me for confirmation. She looks to me for the truth. She leans on me when she needs someone. The animal inside of me rises and roars with happiness over what my sweet mate is giving to me without even knowing she is making my world. Grim answers her, but so do I. He couldn't hurt her any more than I could hurt you, my sweet mate. Grim dismisses himself, and I take the opportunity to pick Athea up and carry her back to our tent. I have already asked Grim about the villagers and his welcome there. One tried to bargain with him by offering up the sisters, I haven't told my mate yet. She will fight me for the privilege of taking his life when I do. Other than that, he reports that the villagers are very interested in our protection. I lay her on the makeshift bed and stand back to look at how beautiful she is. She wore the clothes I set out for her when she came from the tent. You sent your people for my sisters? Of course. They are now my family. Your village will be my home if that is what you choose. And if the people of my village don't want you as a leader, if they don't want... Her words halt and eventually stop altogether. Our children. She wants to know what will happen, what we will do if the town doesn't accept our children. Then we will leave and go somewhere they will accept us and our kind. What we have is not a sin, and I won't allow our children to be made to think it is. We will find a place to raise our young, but my home will always be wherever you are. I don't think we will have the trouble she is worried we will face when we go to talk to her elders. The townspeople are interested in making peace with us, to the point that they are willing to have this man— who thought to use my woman and her sisters waiting for us when we go to talk. There will be no trouble ever again for these people my mate calls her own. That is for later, my sweet mate. Now, I need you again. Her cheeks stain with color and her heart speeds up. You, um, you think we might already... I smile. I know we are. I could smell the change right away. It smells sweet. I wonder if it will make your pussy sweeter. Color sweeps across her face again, and I can't stop myself from using my tongue to follow it down to the swell of her breasts and the peaks of her nipples. I spend time lavishing attention on them until my maid is squirming under me and begging for me to take her. But I'm not finished making a meal out of her. I drag my tongue lower, swirling it around her navel and playing at the top of her mound, until her legs open for me on their own. And she is demanding that I fix the ache I have caused her. I love it when my queen gets demanding. I don't make her wait any longer and dip my head lower so that I can use my tongue to spear inside of her and send my queen over the edge. That was right. She does taste sweeter now that she's holding our pup in her belly. I place my hand over her lower stomach, silently making promises to the babe growing there that I will protect and love it like no other while loving the woman who gives it life with a passion not found on earth. I have no idea why the heavens made us the way we are, but I am thankful they gave us the gift of our mate for all the hardships we have to suffer. I surge up and slip inside of her. Or I would, but she is still virgin tight, making me fight for every inch I give her. Her legs come up beside my hips as she wraps them around me. Her nails scratch down my back and calls to the animal living inside of me. When I look down, her beautiful eyes are glowing with the combined power we now share. I feel her love for me like a tangible caress over my body. She is the most wondrous thing I have ever seen in all my days, and I will die to keep her. I will live to love her. I am an animal. I am a man. I am a metamorph, and the bond, the love I have with my mate will ensure that our legacy, our reign, will continue. In a world that is chaotic and violent, marked with death and sorrow, because of my queen, our animals will rise until we are the ones controlling our own fate. I have found my throne. I have found my home. The End this has been rise of the animals by jissa Dean read for you by Wesley Paul
0: welcome back hi welcome welcome so next up we have Aurora Kane and her alien collector and I love this because Aurora turned in her book the like the beginning of June she was like even before we went on break like she was on it. Damn. And I loved it. I was like, yes, her and, a, well, I, her name's Amanda, but she goes by A.M. Um, Johnson. She was the first one to turn it in and her book didn't air until November. Both of them were like, you want, I'm on the podcast. Bam, bam, here's a book. Like just like came running in the door, like take her a book. So right. I love that level of excitement. Um, so. I
1: was going to go ahead and mention if you really like this paranormal series, she has another series called the Within series. I'm going to give you the Amazon link to take you to all of her books. Most oh, of them nice. are in KU. If you want to try mm-hmm. something more contemporary from her, she does have a taboo series. Those are really quick and dirty, kind of like AR reads. But then mm-hmm. she does also um, have her Hollywood series. And I forgot, because I read this one first, the Lake series is actually one of my favorites, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so definitely yeah. check out mm-hmm. the Lake series as well if you're looking for more contemporary. If you like the books, like I Like Them Safe and all that kind of stuff. That is, I think, 98% of her books, if not all of them. Like, I'm just not giving it 100% because I'm thinking maybe. But there was Mm -hmm. never something that triggered me, and I easily triggered. (laughs) So I'm not thinking there was a book where I was like, oh, and slammed it down. So you should be good. But Mm. just so you know.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll have all that stuff in the show notes, I guess, all the good stuff. But yes. All right. So we'll see you guys next week. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.